Okay, uh, Becca and Matt, would you please come up? This is Becca and Matt, give them a cheer. <laughs> Come on up. <laughs> so I thought I'll get Matt up to start with. He's actually not going to stay up here. He's just going to introduce himself. Um, so these two are married, and Becca is going to be our amazing guest. Come into the light. Whoop. <laughs> How about I have a trip? Here you go. <laughs> uh, g'day, I'm Matt. Um, been in Darwin for most of my life, and been coming to Cornerstone since Christmas last year. Hmm. <laughs> Good introduction. <laughs> Hello, my name's Becca and uh, Matt's wife. And uh, um, been Darwin oh, three years now. Yeah. yeah. Nice. All right. Great introduction. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. You can go. Leave us. <laughs> Becca, let me please sit down. Um, you okay? Yeah. That's yours. All right. So, welcome to Cornerstone Conversions, episode two. Yeah, if you didn't hear episode one, that's because it was uh, not recorded very well, I believe. We had trouble with microphones and stuff. Um, but I'm very, very happy to have uh, Becca up here today, Becca Mills, and she is going to be telling us her story a little bit. Um, you know, whenever you hear someone's story, it's amazing. You're like, you, you just think everyone's... I don't know why it is. We always think, oh, everyone's just sort of the same, but God's moved so powerfully in just about everyone's life, and so that's why I love to share these, these stories. So I'm going to actually ask you to introduce yourself a little bit more, Becca, if you could, um, just about who you are, where you're from, and if no one knows, Becca is Chinese, and she grew up in China, born over there under the one-child policy, so um, that could be a little bit interesting, I guess. Can you please sort of introduce who you are, where you're born, what was life like in China? Yeah, sure. Um, so I was born in Shanghai, which is a quite a major city in China. Um, and uh, under um, my generation's under one-child policy. So imagine you can only have one child. If you have more than that, you will force, go to the hospital and uh, kill your baby, basically. Mm. Um, so otherwise, if you want to keep your second child, you have to um, pay the penalty, which is, I think, uh, in my generation, back in the day, so 30 years ago, that was 10K. So even nowadays, a 10K penalty is quite a lot for, for majority of family. So yeah, majority of Chinese people can't afford that. So my generation, everyone's one child and the... Uh, um, I just growing up uh, playing with neighbors and uh, um, yeah, how I explain to people is like if I have a toy uh, living on my desk and uh, I go out play two hours, everything will still be there. No one will touch my stuff. <laughs> That's one child. <laughs> one of the blessings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was life like for you over there? Like, so you were born in Shanghai. Yeah. Um, is that where you stayed with your family? or? Um, so, I, um, we, where's family would live? Um, so, we left Shanghai when I was around 10 and moved to Hong Kong. Um, so, and then um, I have education there. And the, 
So I guess I grew up with, I, I never heard there is a guy called Jesus. There is a religion called Christian, Bible, like, no, never heard of any of that. So um, I guess, yeah, I guess the church was um, underground or I just never heard of Christian. Like, I don't know what that is. Yeah. Um, and the, being a one child, do you think there's more pressure put on children in terms of performance or anything like that or the future? Yeah, um, I, I definitely think so. And uh, I can speak for my experience. So because you're one child, um, my parents have a really high expectation on me um, with how I perform and uh, how, how I sit, how I talk, um, all of that. Um, like I would go to all those um, dance classes or, or anything you can think of um, just because the expectations are high. And uh, I grew up with the mindset is I am, I am not enough because um, my father would never say I love you. Um, if you got an A minus, go home. Um, dad will always ask you where is A plus then. And if you get A plus, so how do you keep up and get A plus next time? So there is n never a well done, like, yeah. So yeah. that's the mindset I always grew up with. And uh, it, it does push me a lot, um, makes me want to achieve more to please my parents. But deep down, I think I just feel like the sense of length, mm. yeah. So would you say that the striving to achieve but not getting there made you feel like you didn't achieve even though you were achieving a whole lot of stuff or not? Um, yeah, that um, could be that way. It's like, it's like you're my, what is my motive? My motive was uh, as a child, you want to please your parents. And, uh, but, but my parents are unpleasable. There is no standard will always move up higher and higher. There is no like, oh, you hit, the, you hit the standard, well done. No, standards keep moving. <laughs> so <laughs> I never know where is the next one. So. Yeah, so quite a lot of pressure, obviously, on you uh, in that area. Um, and so you finished your study in Hong Kong, is that right? Yeah. Like high school? Yeah, that's right. And then you came to Australia. Why did you come and went to university in Adelaide, is that correct? That's right. Yep, so why did you decide to come to Australia? Um, so, um, just a little bit how it started. So, my parents are both non-Christian and uh, um, so, like, maybe last generation, um, grandparents, they're Buddhist, so, like, um, so, and my parents was having a really difficulty with their marriage. They decided to separate, divorce, and uh, it was really hard on me, like um, being a teenager, high school, I'm already like have a lot of unknown and uh, just and, like teenager stuff. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and the, your parents decide to divorce, it's just like your whole world is questioning, it's like, what do you mean? You, you, guys, you, guys, no, you guys can't hold together, like can't be together anymore, like just, I was just um, sick of being around the house anymore. I just said, just get me out of here. Like, and uh, my, my family decided to um, send me to a university in Adelaide. So I was graduating in UniSA. 
Yeah, and had you heard about Australia before then? Or? Yeah, um, I, I don't know if anyone feel the same way. Like when I was very young, when I start, you know, at kindergarten or like at the beginning learning English, the word Australia, I feel something in my heart. And, and I just feel that one day I will, you know, have some significance um, in my life, Australia, just that word. So, yep. yeah. So when you were attending university, uh, you had a friend who did something a bit strange, I guess for you, they became a Christian. And they weren't a Christian, but they became a Christian while you were friends. Is that right? Yeah. Um, so, like, again, my mindset as growing up is, like, you, you rely on your own strength. You achieve your goal. And, the, you, you know, that's it's all rely on you. Um, that's how I've been wired. Uh, and one of my friends suddenly become Christian. And I was just like, what does that mean? Like... You can't, you can't do things by your own. You need some, some higher resources. Like, what, what is it? Because I have no idea. So basically, they're weak. Yeah. I, I, will, I will basically label her as a loser and uh, think she's really weak. It's like, what does that mean? You're Christian. Like, you need God. What is that? And uh, so because my path was um, different um, as what she was pursuing, so, yeah, the friendship did not last. Yeah. yeah. And how did you live your life back then, like, as a young person? Um, was it different being in Australia? Like, was there different freedoms and you just... Thought... Freedom. That's all I feel about Australia. <laughs> Definitely freedom. Um, compared to Chinese, how we grew up, we are in a very suppressed um, society. And uh, it's all about performance. It's all about academic, um, like, in Australia... Um, I see people, you know, measure with different ways. Like, it's, all, it's, a, it's about who you are, actually. Creativity, like all sorts of different levels to measure things. But, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. All right, so you finished your study. Then what did you do? So you finished in Australia. That was four, four years? Yeah, so I've, I finished um, uni in, in Adelaide. And... Uh, um, as you all know, Adelaide is not renowned for a lot of jobs around. So um, it's a retired city. So I couldn't find a job. Um, but I, as a young person, I have to pursue my career. Um, then I moved to uh, I find a job opportunity in Hong Kong. So I moved back to Hong Kong. And, uh, but with all the mindset I, had, I learned in Australia, I'm a little bit different already. Mm. And uh, when back, I found um, really struggle as a, um, a young person starting their career. I was at the bottom, and you're in the bottom of the, um, your company, and uh, you work extremely long hours with the earn little salary. And, uh, and basically, um, because you're new, you know, you feel like um, I was the last of the team, and I was the last one being um, picked, which is the fear of every child. Um, yeah, so um, I was trying to fit in. Yeah, sorry, I should just backtrack a little bit. What did you actually study at university? Uh, um, Bachelor of Business, so um, ho hotel management. Hotel management, yeah. So when you're talking about being busy and just driven, how did you get released from that pressure of work in Hong Kong? 
was there a way that you released that pressure or, or felt like, you know, I could break um, free a bit? Yeah, so back in the days when, yeah, it, it was, I was having really tough time because I don't know when I'm going. And as a young person, you feel like you're not part of achieving something big. Um, I, I guess a lot of young people can relate to that. Um, and, uh, and you try to fit in. And uh, so I joined the crowd of my colleagues. They are going out drinking and uh, happy hours and going to nightclub, like all of that's new to me. It's like, sure, I will try. And uh, just, just to fit in. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, so now, while you're living in Hong Kong, the pressure's really piling up at work and things like that, and you just said you're feeling really miserable and lonely. How many people live in Hong Kong? Oh, a lot. A lot. Like... <laughs> Millions? Yeah. Billions? Millions. <laughs> yeah, millions, that's for sure. A lot sure. of people. So you're living in a massive city with like people everywhere and yet you're yeah. feeling alone. Yeah. Why do you think you felt alone? Um, like, like, like you're as a young person, you feel like no one understands you. you. You're not really, you, I don't know where my worth is. Again, yeah. um, like... I, I'm always growing up feeling like I'm not enough, so I have to do more. I have to achieve more. And the, at, as you know, like at the bottom of your career, at the starting of your career, it's not anything can achieve over time, just like that. So, yeah, just a feeling lost and lonely. And, uh, yeah. yeah. So what was the building that you were living in? Is it a hotel or apartment or what? Were you uh, apartment, definitely apartment. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, and, and in that building, there happened to be a church. Um, yeah, so um, as I walk past and go home, near my apartment there, down the corner, there's a church. Um, so I, I need to walk or pass by all the time. But again, I, like, I don't know what... Christian um, or like church, like I, I have no reason to go in. Like I don't know any of that. Yeah, and what did you notice about the people there? Or like you're in this state of loneliness and you walk past there. Was there anything? What what sort of stood out to you about the people there? Because you ended up walking into that church, right? Yep. Yeah. Tell me about that story because I That's find it very intriguing. Why, uh, <laughs> how I end up here. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, I, I just I just. You know, one day I walked past by the church and just like, what, what is this? Like, and I never really paid much attention. But like just one Sunday, um, the service just finishing. Uh, sorry, service finished and uh, it's lunchtime. So everyone's coming out of the, coming out the door. And I saw people hugging and laughing and happy. Like, Were they what? having happy hour? I don't know. Yeah, I wish. I was just like, what are you guys drinking? Right? Let me guess some of that. Like, you look so friendly and happy and they want to hug each other. Is that, what is that? You know, like, when, you, when you're miserable, you look people happy. Is that, what, what's wrong with you? <laughs> like, I don't get it. And I just, like, pull it back of my mind. Oh, just get on with my life. And um, then... Um, you know, month passed by and I saw the church again. It's Sunday. I'm just like, dude, I actually don't have anything to lose. 
um, if if I just go in and uh, have a look what what church is about, I I don't know. I don't know what to expect. So I got nothing to lose. So sure, and I walked in, and. And then, you know, when you walked in and they have a welcome team, the desk, and the, um, the, the, late, the young lady, it's like the same as my age, and she's like so friendly, you know, this really friendly, really happy, joy from inside out kind of person, or just like, ooh, <laughs> <laughs> Like, are you trying to sell me something, or like, like I don't want anything. Like, um, then... Then they try to um, saying that oh, like the worship is starting, you can go into um, the church now, which is where we uh, like the room we're sitting at right now, and um, and I just saw people on stage, it's like so holy and spiritual, it's like Jesus, you know, what is this? Like what is going on? And uh, and I just. Um, yeah, and the, the, I still remember the song and the, the, the worship song was playing. I never heard a worship song before. I never saw people um, worshiping God and praise the Lord. And, and then I was just like, oh, well, like, but I have that. Now I know it's the Holy Spirit. And uh, I would just start crying, like, uncontrollable. It's like, not just... It, not just like, ooh, like those really ugly, like <laughs> cleansing your soul, that kind of cry. And I don't know why. I, I, I can't explain it. I, I don't understand it. And, and, uh, and I have to go back. So I've been start going back to that church ever since. Yeah, and you got baptized there? Uh, and uh, two years later, I got baptized. Yeah, so yeah. was there a point where you knew that, hey, I'm giving my life to God now, or was it just sort of this transition over to him? Um, I, I think because I was still on my old, old way of doing things and my old programming, it's like, you know, you, you go out, you, you still um, drink, um, have happy hour with your, with your mates. And so I will some, at the beginning, I would start, I would still hand over and I would just say, well, I need to go to church. So I will be Saturday night and I drink till like one, two o'clock a.m. And then, oh, but I don't want to miss church. I go to church. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was the start. And then um, as more people like, and then I joined the Connect group. So people in my own age, they invite me in and um, they were saying, hey, we, we do Bible study. Hey, we do um, like social stuff. Do you want to join us? So more and more I get to understand their value. Um, I, I remember one thing really stuck with me. It's like, you know, at a young age, like early 20s, I was 24 perhaps. And I was, you know, girls, and we talk about boys, and say, oh, what do you think, what do you want uh, a, your boyfriend to be like? I was thinking, oh, she's going to tell me she wants hard, like, you know, like six packs, <laughs> uh, all that. She was like, um, I, the, the quality I'm looking for a boyfriend is that the, the man has to love Jesus, and... Uh, the, the, that would be my future husband. That's the only reason I'm dating someone. And the no sex before marriage. And, uh, um, and the, the person that I'm married, um, the, I'm looking for, is willing to lay down his life for me. I was like, 
<laughs> what? Never heard of that in my whole life. A person will lay down their life for you? Like, you know, all those values and they start to wash over me and then, you know, after two years, then I decide this is, this is what I want. Like, I commit my life to Jesus and uh, I got baptized. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, so you finished in Hong Kong and then you went to Europe to pursue your career in hotel management and ended up in London. Can you just tell us about that period of time? And um, I remember when I was talking to you, you were saying that you were working so much again that you didn't have time for fellowshipping or to make a regular church. And so I'd just like to, to ask you how that affected your Christian walk and that as well. So tell us a bit about your career and how it affected your walk with God. Yeah, um, so in fact, how I even able to get to London, um, get the... Um, so like I was, I was never really felt like I, uh, Hong Kong is a permanent home. I know I'm going to go somewhere, and uh, um, the Lord opened the door for me. And I just thought, oh, if I go to Europe, you know, I, I may not have the qualify, they may not um, qualify what I'm doing now. So I might just get a crappy job, even with um, you know lower salary. I will accept that. It's just the experience. Not only the Lord gave me, um, gave me a, a green light going to going to London, and the, He gave me a promotion. Mm. So I was um, regional manager for Hilton London. So looking at the portfolio of around 40 hotels um, in London. So what that means is I travel a lot. I travel around um, 200 days a year, and uh, over America, over Europe. Um, so I actually see airport or being other um, countries more than being London. So I, I don't, I go to church, but don't really have that connection, if you know what I mean. And uh, again, I think my old programming is coming back. It's like, okay, God, they give you this opportunity, you better not screw this up. So you, you need to work even harder. And uh, I work extra long hours. And uh, yeah, um, Again, in the big city, very lonely. Yeah. And so one of your friends challenged you about, I don't know if you quit your job first or not, but joining YWAM. What happened there? Um, so um, I was, yeah, so I was um, doing my role for um, like almost three years and uh, I started to... Yeah, you start to ask yourself those big questions. Is what you're doing fulfilling God's purpose for you? Is that what you're doing pleasing in God's eyes? I can't answer those questions. From the outside, I, I look great, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, the world's telling you is, you know, salary, status, and sex. So you, you're going to look good, you're going to have the big salary, you're going to have great status. Um, looking from outside, uh, above my, uh, like amongst my peers, I just, uh, I'm doing pretty good. But the thing is, like, I was, I was so empty and lonely inside. Um, but that, that's the hole that only God can fill. And, uh, and I start to realize that. And so I decided to, decide to let go of this and uh, with a lot of prayer and. Uh, quit my job, 
quit my job, and uh, I asked, and, and my friends like, what do you mean you quit your job? He's <laughs> like, um, yeah, so what are you going to do? He's like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going <laughs> to do. Um, you know, at that, at that phase, I was just like, God, I, I listen to you. I, I feel like I'm doing the right thing, but I don't know what's next. I just open my arms, whatever, whatever you want. So then at that time, one of my girlfriends, she um, used to go to YWAM, so Youth with a Mission. Um, so she went to the disciple training school. And then she said, oh, if you want to decide to have a break, um, why don't you do some missionary work? I said, oh, that's, that's great, but I have commitment issue. I can't commit to uh, things. And I was just like, oh, I don't think I can do that. And uh, she was saying, oh, but you can support the missionary. So uh, you can be the um, mission builder. So, and you don't need to commit to a certain period of time. So, all right, m- maybe I can do that. So then I quit. You know, when God wants things to happen, it was like that. At the moment, I know that my application was approved and, and I got an air ticket, everything just bam, bam, bam. I'm, I'm in YWAM. And uh, from, from all my clothes was dry cleaned and uh, I, got, I got like wine and dime for my work, all of that kind of champagne, like I can drink champagne every day, that kind of lifestyle. To I was cleaning the bird pool on the table and the sweeping floors and the cooking for others, which never done before. And, and I was cleaning toilet as well. I just thought, wow, this, this, is, this is insane, but it's good for my soul. Because like, I was there and the, you know, like, it just, God just like, you don't need all of that. Strip all of that away and down to the earth and uh, stand on the ground. And uh, I was I was very humbled. Yeah, did it give? Sorry. Just off, on. Okay. Did it give you a new appreciation for people at all, like serving them rather than being served? Mm, um, definitely. I I was. If if it's not from that experience, um, I will be quite still feel like I'm, you know, walking out from like, I feel like I'm someone, but no, you're really not. And uh, when, you, when you go out there and uh, see the missionaries and uh, the work that they do, and, uh, you know, you, you, you don't, I don't have, I don't have from having salaries, status, all that, from being all stripped away from, you have nothing. And uh, you, you know who is God when, when Jesus is all you have. So, um, yeah. Yeah, nice. All right, so we're up to coming back to Australia. You came back to Australia, went to Adelaide to get a job. Mm. Was there jobs there then? Again, Adelaide did not give me any job. <laughs> <laughs> and um, or everyone said, but you worked in London. You, yeah. you, you can't find a job in Adelaide? So, no, like, no, I couldn't find anything. And... Um, so, because uh, I went back to the city I only know, which is Adelaide, and, uh, and I just stayed there and uh, waiting for the Lord. Is that, Lord, I hear really clearly, again, you, you want me to come back to Australia, and I'm here. And can, um, 
well, I haven't, I have been missionary for a while. Like, I need some income, Lord, please. <laughs> I need to eat. Yeah, I need to eat. I need to pay the rent. Um, and uh, then, then yeah, um, they just there is no open doors. Like, there are a few interviews, but that was it. And the, and the, because I was already that, um, I was already regional manager, so I. I don't want to just wedding table again. So I was looking for a um, director level, like similar level of job. And then um, I, 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 that has been for at least two, three months. I couldn't find anything. Um, then there is a job opening um, saying that, um, so Hilton, uh, North, Northern Territory, and mm. uh, so assistant commercial director. So maybe I can do that. And I start asking people, so what do you think about Darwin? What do you think about Northern Territory? Everyone down south is like... <laughs> <laughs> it rains all the time. It's like hot. It's like 40 degrees. It's like, oh. <laughs> and I check the forecast. It does rain every day. So I'm just like, oh. Well, then I prayed. And I was just like, God, what's this? Like, what are you, you going to send me to? And uh, um, I was reading the passage of Elijah's story. It's like when everyone's go against what God is sending him to, and uh, all the voices, all the noises, and but Elijah still went where God want him to go. So I was just like, "This is it. I, I'm gonna go." So I, I, yeah, I came to Darwin with. Never heard of Darwin, like never know anyone from Darwin, or just uh, be obedient to God, and, yeah. and here I am. There you are, and you met someone here who we met before. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about that story? Because you'd sort of you'd wanted to be married, and, and I know Matt's story. I, I might have him up here one day because he's pretty awesome as well. Um, that he'd been looking for someone but couldn't find anyone yeah. and and was that the same with you or not like in terms of getting married um, yeah. here comes the love story yeah <laughs> <laughs> cue the music please <laughs> um so yeah i'm new to down don't know anyone so when i first came i first thing i was uh, at any church so i was checking at church all the churches around and um one of uh, the girl I met, she's saying like, oh, do you want to check out my church, um, C3? I was like, sure. Um, I, I go have a look. And, uh, so, and also my girlfriend invite um, my future husband, which is Matt, and uh, <laughs> saying that, because um, so, he was um, working in Jabiru by then, and uh, so only coming back into town, so the service is only like around 5.30, so he can make it. So both, so that's the first time we met, we actually met at church. So, but I've been single for a very long time. Like since the, yeah, like I just couldn't find anyone. Like I just, at the point I feel like um, that there must be something wrong with me. Like, <laughs> like yeah, because like, you know, it, it, it does, it does like lower your self-esteem and when you feel like you're not wanted, you're left over. And uh, um, I, was, I, I, pre I was pretty much gave up. And uh, then, um, 
Yeah, and, and able to meet Matt. And uh, so we start to, and our friends um, invite us to go to the uh, Bible study. So the Bible study is called Search for Life. And uh, um, we need to go there every Monday. So, yeah, so my, my girlfriend asked me, and I was like, sure, yeah, I would, I would love to, because I just tried to get to know her, and, uh, um, and, uh, and uh, she also invited Matt, and uh, Matt said, who's going? He said, oh, just me and Becca. Said, oh, I'm yeah. not sure if it was search for life or search for love. I'm not... Search for wife. <laughs> search for wife, yes, search for wife. So we start to need to see each other every Monday, and uh, I I'm, I was new to town, so I don't have a vehicle. So I was living uh, and working CBD. So, but the church is um, church we go at a time is um, uh, like in Palmerston. So Matt lives in Palmerston, so he will come to Palmerston, uh, uh, leave Palmerston, uh, pick me up in CBD, and put me uh, deliver me to church, and then take me back home as well. I, like, I don't feel anything. I feel that's right. That's a very friendly, nice guy. And uh, <laughs> like, but I told my girlfriend, he's like, that's not right. Something's going on here. But <laughs> <laughs> we're just all with friends. Yeah. I thought it was quite funny when she's telling me he's doing all these things for her and she's like, I didn't even tweak. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so love story complete. You got married, bravo. <laughs> um, so that's pretty much takes you up to almost well today. And it's funny, isn't it? Like hear that story. What an amazing journey with God. And even the fact that you see someone sitting here, and you know, without worldly acclaimed stuff, but someone so capable managing hotels in London, forty of them, and you're like here you are in Darwin, <laughs> you know, and even giving that up. And, but, but what I was impressed by with that story is just that whole journey of finding God and stripping back those things um, and even that pressure to perform and that I'm never enough, but with God we actually, we're already enough for him. I mean, he gave his son Jesus for us, like what more could we ask for? Um, so I just had one more question for you for today and it's pretty much about if you have any idea of, at the moment, how you would like to serve God or, um, yeah, or, or looking forward to the future. Um, I, I think if I may, um, I think I'm an encourager. That's my spiritual gift. Um, if I may encourage others is, like, know, know your worth because my worth was not well, how I ra being raised. It was... It was like, you're not enough, and my worth is in, you know, salary, um, performance, and status. And, uh, and the really put, nowadays I understand, uh, put your worth in who God say you, uh, who you are. Yeah. Um, that's, that's my foundation, and that's, that's made me who, who I am today. It's, Make me different and uh, know know my worth, and uh, yeah. Fantastic! All right, everyone, can we please? <laughs> <your hands. laughs> Great story.
And um, we'll, we'll just pray before you go off and um, pray for people. Perhaps this morning you're not a Christian. Maybe you've heard this story and you're like, I actually feel that. I don't feel I'm worth enough. Um, can I just tell you the first step to the journey to knowing who you are and how valuable you are is to give your life to God. And so I'm just going to pray. I'm just going to pray for people and pray if that's you, that you've never given your life to God, just take the opportunity to ask him into your heart today, into your life and follow him. That would be the first step to an amazing journey for you. Um, and if you do do that, just write on that green card that's next to you. Just say, I made a decision for Christ or Jesus today. can't remember exactly what it says. Um, and next to the door, there's a bucket. You can just put it in there and someone will give you a call and talk to you about it. So, well, let's pray. Father, I just thank you so much for Becca's story. What an amazing miracle you've done in her life. And Lord, we're expecting more to come. Thank you, Father, that you have looked after her. And Lord, even like as we sing so often, even when we can't see it, you are working. Lord, you are calling her to yourself. And Father, you call us all to you. And I pray today in Jesus' name that we would take inspiration from this story and begin to know who we are in Christ. Lord, I also pray, Father God, if there's anyone here that, they, that needs to know you, that today you would come into their life. If that's you today, just pray with me now. Uh, Father, I'm sorry that I haven't been living for you. I just want you to come into my life today. I believe that Jesus died for my sin and I just want to say thank you for that. And from this day on, I want to live for you. Come into my life from this day on. I want to be yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, thank you so much. Another round of applause and um, our musicians will come up.